the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. But there is an invasion of the Bible that is not such a happy event. When you open your Bible to the first chapter of Genesis, you cannot avoid the subject of creation invasion. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's broadcast with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is the fourth in the Cosmic Controversy series entitled Creation Invasion. And once again, the message is entitled Creation Invasion. It will bring you the second portion of this broadcast here today. Remember, you can find it online if you missed any portion of part one. Here's Pastor Mike. Now, it's, it's Satan's scheme for world religions to turn the truth upside down. The truth is exactly the opposite of what really happened. The Bible says the devil wanted to be like the Most High God. He wanted to be God. His angels wanted to be gods with him. So what did they do? They tried to throw God off his throne. They tried to remove Christ from his favored position as the favored and anointed guardian of God. And he tried to overthrow God and his son Jesus Christ, but he failed. And when he failed, he was banished from heaven. His angels were thrown out with him. In Revelation 12, 9, the Bible is absolutely clear. He was thrown to the earth. So he was thrown down here. Now, what was it like here before God said, let there be light? There was no land. There was no sky. There was only darkness in the deep. Scripture teaches that the devil was thrown into the bottomless pit, which is the dark or deep void of this planet before God said, let there be light. That means he came here. It's no accident that the devil is so strongly connected to the sea in the Bible. Let me give you a few examples of this. Turn with me to Isaiah 27, verse 1. Now here the Bible is talking about the great judgment day. It says, In that day the Lord, with his hard and great and strong sword, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and he will slay the dragon that is where? That is in the sea. Very clearly stated. Revelation 9, verse 11, They have his king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek he is called Apollyon. Again, the devil is connected to the bottomless pit. Revelation 12, 17, Then the dragon was angry with the woman, would often make war on the remnant of her seed, on those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. And the dragon stood on the sand of the sea. Now, the Greek word Tartarus is used to describe the holding prison for Satan's angels in Peter's epistles. He uses this very word that the Greeks had for that bottomless pit for the Titans. And he says, that's where the devil is. Turn to 2 Peter 2, verse 4. It says, for if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell. How many of your Bibles say hell? Cast them into what? It says he cast them into hell in, in my translation and committed them to pits of nether gloom to be kept until the judgment. The word hell is not used here at all. 
The Greek says literally, he cast them into chains of darkness. He tartarized them. That means they were cast into the bottomless pit of Tartarus. Peter clearly teaches the Greeks got it all wrong. The evil angels who wanted to be the new gods got locked up and thrown in to the pit Tartarus. And Peter says the evil angels were tartarized. They were placed in that bottomless pit. Now in the book of Jude, verse 13, the nether gloom pit that Peter calls Tartarus, reserved for evil angels, is clearly associated with the sea in the context. Jude 6, And the angels that did not keep their own position but left their proper dwelling have been kept by him in eternal chains in the nether gloom until the judgment of the great day. And then you go down to verse 13 describes the evil people of of his time who follow these evil angels. They are wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the nether gloom of darkness has been reserved forever. A strong sea, Tartarus, nether gloom connection. So in Isaiah 27, 1, the Bible says the dragon lives in the sea. Now think of this. The devil moved from a seraphim. And when the Bible describes a seraphim, it's a fiery flying serpent imagery in the book of Isaiah. He moved from a flying serpent to a sea serpent. He was thrown way down into the sea. Here Satan is called Leviathan in Isaiah 27.1, which means the coiled up one or twisted one. And God is very clear. He will one day destroy that serpent in the sea. In Isaiah 51 verse 9, the dragon of the sea is also called Rahab. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in the days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not thou that didst cut Rahab in pieces, that didst pierce the dragon? In the Bible, God smote Rahab, that ancient dragon who lives in the sea when he created the world. That means this world was created in the context of a great controversy between God and the dragon, Rahab, Satan, the creator at war with with a fallen being of his creation. And something in the war, something transpired to where he transitioned to a water void that was here, the bottomless pit. He was thrown into the sea with his angels. God smote the dragon when God opened up the sea, establishing himself as the creator of the land. So way down in the bottom of the pit, God made the land to rise from the sea the very lair of the dragon, exposing the pit of Tartarus to the light of God's glory when he said, let there be light on the third day, the land appeared. That's what wounded the serpent in these verses at creation. Psalms 89 verse 9 describes the creation of the world. Thou didst rule the raging of the sea when its waves rise. Thou stillest them. Verse 10, thou didst crush Rahab the dragon. Like a carcass thou didst scatter thy enemies with thy mighty arm. Verse 11, the heavens are thine, the earth is thine. Now where is he getting that verse from? From Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He's saying when God created the world, he dealt with the devil. There was a conflict in play and the creation of this earth is a dramatic intervention in the war between good and evil. And he goes on to say in verse 11, The world and all that is in it, thou hast founded them. Notice here that God is the creator, not the dragon. In the context, Rahab the dragon is crushed when God proves that he is the creator at creation. 
So the creation of this world demonstrated to the unfallen universe and to the devil himself that the old ancient God is the only creator God and no new being can take his place. He founded the earth upon the sea, not the other way around. Psalms 24 verse 1, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. So Lucifer, who is Rahab, Leviathan, that ancient serpent, he belongs to the sea and the deep. There's a strong Satan-sea connection in the Bible. So that means that this planet was created in the context of a great controversy that when he was thrown to the earth, there was no land, so he was thrown into the sea pit of Tartarus, the nether gloom. He was here, and so God began to interact with the very place that he had made the prison of Satan to create this planet out of. He created this world to answer the accusations of the sea dragon who had accused him and his son in the heavenly courts. Satan wanted nothing of God's glory, nothing of his light. And so where can you put a being who doesn't want to know anything about God? You stick him in the darkest hole you can find so he won't have to see the glory of God. And it was in that hole that the light of God's glory pierced on the first day of creation. And as God began to move and terraform this planet, He opened up the sea and the dry land appeared. He chose the pit where the devil was at and He showed him the light of God's glory as He created this planet. He chose the darkest place in the universe to make it the brightest place in the universe. There's no missing it. This earth was at the center of a cosmic controversy. Job 26 verse 10, He has described a circle upon the face of the waters at the boundary between light and darkness. Now here is a creation poem. It's very clear here. He has placed a circle keeping light and darkness apart, just like Genesis 1 verse 2. Now look at verse 11. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astounded at his rebuke. By his power he stilled the sea. By his understanding he smote Rahab. Again, that ancient serpent. And by his wind the heavens were made fair. His hand pierced the fleeing dragon. Now the word wind here is ruach or spirit in Hebrew. It's the same word we have in Genesis 1-2. The ruach Elohim merakafet al tehom. The spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. The Bible is saying that God opened up the sea at the beginning of creation and He exposed the devil's pit. He found Tartarus and He made the light shine within it. And with his understanding, he demonstrated that he is the creator and ruler of the world and the universe. You see, the devil isn't even in charge of the pit Tartarus. He has no power over the deep. Verse 14, Lo, these are but the outskirts of his ways. And how small a whisper do we hear of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? Job is telling us that when the world was created out of the water pit of the dragon... God defeated the dragon with the truth that he alone is the creator God. The Spirit of God was hovering over the deep and God pierced the sea with the wind of the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Revelation 12, 9, there was war in heaven. The devil was thrown to the earth, but there was no land. When God created the earth, he demonstrated that he is the God of heaven and earth. The devil isn't even in charge of his own prison pit. In Ezekiel 28, that chapter we looked at last week, we saw the Messiah cherub and Lucifer. We discover that he aspired to be God and by so doing to take his throne over the sea. Ezekiel 28, 2. Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, and this is Satan it's speaking of, Thus says the Lord God, because your heart is proud 
And you have said, I am God. I sit in the seat of the gods, in the heart of the seas. Yet you are but a man and no God, though you consider yourself as wise as a God. The Bible clearly teaches that this world was created in the context of a great controversy. Two metaphors for evil, the sea and darkness in Genesis 1 verse 2. On the first day of creation, God said, let there be light, and the light was good. But you look in your Bible and you will not see one word where it said the darkness was good. There's no statement that says the darkness was equal to the light at all. And on the second day, when there is only sea and no land, you look real hard in Genesis 1 and you will not find God saying in any place on the second day that it's good. Why would the sea not be called good here? What's wrong with the sea? Isaiah 57, 20, The wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot rest, and its waters toss up mire and dirt. At the end of the millennium, when the devil and his followers are destroyed by God, when God resurrects the evil of every generation at a single point in time, they stand before the great white throne of God and the books are open. The Bible says that fire comes down from God and devours them. It consumes them. It burns them up. And as soon as evil is gone, the Bible pictures a new beginning. A new beginning. Revelation 21 verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. No more evil. No more bottomless pit. No more place for the devil. Revelation 22 verse 5. And night shall be no more. At the creation of this earth, God wounded the evil one when he smote it him with the word of God, the light that appeared, that reached into the deep and caused the dry land to come out. At the end of the millennium, God will drag the devil out of his prison pit and destroy him for good. Evil will end. No more devil, no more sea, no more night. What was the light that met the darkness of the devil's night? What was the light that found the deepest hole of Tartarus? What was the light that went to the bottom of the sea that dragged the land up that we can live in? And what was the light that pierced his ugly evil to make something good? In the Bible, the first word of God is the first light. Let there be light. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will continue in just a moment. Stay tuned. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. In the Bible, the first word of God is the first light. Let there be light. And ever after, the Word of God is a lamp and a light. So what is this light? Before there was a sun, moon, or star, what is the light of Genesis 1 verse 3? What is it? God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. He separated the light from the darkness. God said the light was good. 
So what was the light before there was a sun, moon, or star? Two passages from the New Testament demonstrate what this is. John 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything that made that was made. The book of Revelation, Jesus is coming back as the Word of God. That is His name. In the context, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Dear heart, the Bible is clear. Jesus was the light that created this world. Jesus was the light that pierced the pit of Tartarus and created a planet with beauty and glory. In Him was life, verse 4, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome the light. The light that defeated the darkness is the bright and morning star that precedes the sun. It is the morning star that gave rise to all that is. And so in the very last chapter of the Bible, Jesus describes himself when he says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright and morning star. There was a reason God warned Adam to guard the garden. There was a reason. This world was created in the throes of a battle between light and darkness, good and evil. This planet was created after the fall of Satan. It was created in the place where he was put. It was created to interact with the pit and to end its existence in the universe. And so right here, Christ was interacting with evil to declare the truth of God. And so the devil hates the light. He has always wanted to take the place of Jesus Christ. He calls himself an angel of light when he has no right to it. Jesus is all that the devil ever wanted to be. Jesus is God. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the power of God to recreate your life if you don't know how. Jesus is all of that. Genesis 2.15 The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. Now the Hebrew word keep means guard. You guard a kingdom from an invasion when there's an enemy that wants to destroy your kingdom. The first three chapters of Genesis are the story of creation invasion. God warned Adam that there was an enemy not far away who would try to invade the garden and bring death to Adam and Eve. So he said, guard the garden. Verse 16. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden. No slaves in my kingdom, he says. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat of it, in that day you shall die. There was only one place where death, darkness, and the deep could interact with Adam and Eve. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was the only place where the sea had a nexus with the land, where the pit serpent could interact and try and deceive them. It was there, and they were not to touch, they were not to eat the fruit. They were to keep themselves separate from it. Don't eat from it, God said. Please don't eat from that tree right there. In Genesis 3 1, the Bible describes the invader. Now the serpent was more subtle than any other wild creature the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God say, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? You know, the devil's wisdom always comes into your life as a question that challenges God's word in your life. Did God say, the devil said, when Eve knew good and well what he had said? Creation started when God said, Let there be light. The first word is the first light. God had spoken to them. God had been with them. 
God's creation becomes tohu bohu kind of chaos when you doubt His Word in your life. Creation invasion is an invasion of doubt when God has led you into the light so you can see who Jesus Christ is. Creation invasion is a question that comes in your mind when there shouldn't be any questions because God is near and His Word is clear. Creation invasion is when you linger at the tree of doubt when you shouldn't be there at all when you should be far away and you listen to the serpent, you follow his line of logic or lack of it, and you ultimately end up in the sea where he is. Creation invasion is the devil's way of taking over your life by convincing you to doubt that God is light and that God has life and that his word must be obeyed and you can follow it. Creation invasion is the devil's scheme to drag you down to the pit. Dylan McCoy fell into the pit two weeks ago. and His story made national news shortly after. His father Jake was at home doing what dads do at home when the grandfather delivered the news to his son that his little boy had fallen into the well near the house. Now a good father doesn't stay at home when his son is in danger or has fallen into a pit. He does something about it. A good father doesn't just remain idle. And a grandfather who knows of it doesn't remain idle either. So the two of them ran to the pit so the little boy who fell in could be saved. The pit was a well created in 1886 by people who evidently were very thirsty They made it deep until they could find the water. And both his father and grandfather knew that you can quickly drown in a hole that is over 200 years old. The the walls can fall in. There's no trusting the integrity of that pit. So how do you save a son who falls into a pit that's unstable, dark, and unkind? How How do you save him? Well, when they got to the well, Dylan's father found his son had fallen in. Sure enough, through the woodwork that had covered the hole, he just broken through and fell in. With a father's eye that can see all the way into the darkness, he looked 40 feet down into the deep and he saw his son dangling in the danger zone of death. Now beneath his son was a certain death in the dark water world of a pit that was tugging at his life with the rope of gravity around his ankle. He knew it was pulling him down. At first they tried a ladder, but that didn't work. They couldn't go down with a ladder. So finally Jake's father became the ladder to reach his son. Before he climbed down into the hole, he called out to his son. He said, son, it's going to be all right. Daddy's coming. Stop crying, son. It's going to be okay. Dylan said he felt like his heart was in that hole with his son. He had to go where his heart was. So he climbed down into the pit to save his little boy who couldn't climb out and save himself. His father went down there. His father got him out. Dylan's father had this to say. It's amazing what you can do if your son or your daughter is strapped in a well, screaming your name, you pretty much do anything you can to save them. Imagine what was going through the mind of the grandfather who saw his son climb into that hole to save his grandson. He was the one looking down as he saw his son descend into the hole to save his grandson. Imagine what he felt as he heard the sound of the cry but he saw his oldest son and he he personally and physically couldn't save him, but he could through his son save them. He could have lost them both that day. His whole world could have come to an end. Dear heart, that's what happened when God the Father gave Jesus to save us. He could have lost them both the day that Jesus was struggling with evil on Calvary's cross. One verse says it all in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You may be in a pit that is deep, dark, and depressing. That may be exactly where you're at. You know, Jesus has come to your pit for you. Maybe you can't climb out of your pit. 
Maybe you have tried, maybe you have prayed even, and you just can't see how you can get you out of that pit. Well, the good news is you can't, but Jesus can. The Bible says call on the name of the Lord while you still can. The Bible says that He is ever abundant in mercy, that He will meet you as you call in His name, and He will not forsake you if you reach out to the name of an infinite God in Jesus at this moment and this hour. He will not abandon you. God sent Jesus into your personal predicament and pit to draw you out of many waters. The answer to the moral crises of the creation invasion in your life is Jesus. He's the light that pierces your darkness. He's the light that has overcome the depth of your personal fall. There's no sin that you have sinned. There's no failure that you have experienced. There's no struggle in a relationship that Christ is not the light that can lead you out of the hole. He has invaded the demonic dominion to save you. It is the goodwill of God the Father in Jesus to save you. Jesus is the Creator who sent His disciples to invade the devil's sea and to make you a fisher of men instead of just a lost fish swimming around in the darkness of the devil's pit. Have faith in Jesus. Have faith in Jesus. And let Him deliver you. Jesus is God's Word. Jesus is God's light that pulls you out of the pit, that saves you from Tartarus. That will conclude the message, Creation Invasion, a part of the Cosmic Controversy series, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe in prayer. We believe in the God who answers our prayers and meets our needs. Each week, we are standing by to receive your prayer requests and seek God with you. His word declares, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Call our prayer line today with your requests and our team will join you in seeking that the God of heaven will meet each one of your needs. Our telephone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.